Welcome to Lexicon, uh, the Lex Introcast. Today we are going to be reviewing uh, Season 2, Episode 4, Love Liner. But first, as always, my name is Shane, and joined by Jonathan. Hello. Gareth. Hello. And fresh from the fridge, Kinsey. Hi, ho. Welcome back. Thank you. It's cold in there, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of frozen potatoes in there. And it might have got a bit warmer over time. Yes, especially after seeing this episode. Yeah. <laughs> it cheats things up nicely. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, I, I actually um, have some feedback about the previous episode. I don't oh, know where you want to fit that oh, in. Oh, uh, okay. Go for it now. Yes. Um, well, a couple of things. I think one thing you may have missed um, uh, not being from North America is uh, uh, potato hoe is uh, a reference to the state of Idaho where the most potatoes are grown in the U.S. I don't know if anyone picked up on that no, or if you just I didn't, didn't mention we didn't. it. We didn't actually know. Are you oh, saying okay. – Is sorry, I don't know the geography, but where, whereabouts is Idaho? North or um, south? Northwest. Oh, okay. Well, we, we we took it to be more of a southern take, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a rural farmer's north, a north satire, you would say, would it? Yeah. Well, I was um, actually, yeah, I was going to say I disagree with uh, calling them rednecks because rednecks are people who have mullets and they drink a lot and they they shoot their guns and things. Sure. Uh, and these were these were astronauts. Uh, and they seem to be highly trained and. And especially if you're going to, since you brought Donald Trump into it, I mean, the, the conservatives are not, uh, they, they seem to be kind of anti-science. I don't think they would uh, really be into being astronauts. So, yeah, I guess it was some satire of like 1950s white middle class America, maybe, maybe making fun of their idealism. I'm not quite sure, but definitely not rednecks, at least not in my opinion. Yeah, I mean... Um the thing about them being astronauts is they would have to be astronauts in order for the plot to work. So mm. they could be astronauts, but still have the kind of redneck mentality of being against technology or anything like that anyway, because it's just a TV show putting them into space. So they need to be astronauts in order to get there. Well, that's mm-hmm. true. But there was that one astronaut who said that he had he'd studied his whole life for the opportunity to undertake this mission to uh, to discover alien life. Yeah, no, I mean certainly the, the Idaho thing would 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 make total sense because it was in, it was almost in the wording, wasn't it? So mm. it probably is our our, our naive uh, amalgamation of what America is because we don't know every single part of it over here. Yeah, and I guess yeah, it was probably a bit off because it was Canadian too. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know quite what they were going for, but I just have to say they're definitely not rednecks. Well, uh, I, I imagine Canada would be. Uh, more uh, inclined to take the Mickey out of parts of America that were were, were on its borders, more so than, than than the South that I mentioned. So that could be what could could well be the case. Yeah. Did you say take the Mickey out? <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, English slang for you know um, ribbing or joking or oh, okay, <laughs> uh, you know picking picking on somebody with humour really. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I mean I don't think it was really well thought out or anything, but yeah. I, yeah, I just wanted to comment on that. Hmm. 
thanks very much. Uh, and on but what on. you didn't get to men- what you didn't get to talk about last week, uh, Kinsey, was uh, the, the change of Zev. Uh, yeah, I was mostly interested to see how you guys would react to that. Sure, and I did. You you weren't <laughs> quite as surprised that she came back as I expected you to be. Okay. Because <clears throat> you you guys sounded pretty resigned to the fact that she was gone for good, so I thought you'd be really surprised and happy that she came back. Uh, no, like like I said last week, we were slightly confused as to whether the plant woman was taking over that role, but um, fairly sure there was going to be some kind of replacement. Didn't think it was yeah. the character as such, but oh, okay. But I, I, I just I just felt that Seven Ninety sold it so well, so I kind of I kind of believed it in that episode. Really. Okay, yeah, and in this episode, you can you can say if you like the uh, the new Zev better than the old Zev. Yeah. Was that a yes, Gareth? Yes, that's what a yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm you know, not, looking for. I'm not really warming to it yet. Mm. Well, we'll, get oh, into, we'll, we'll get into it scene by scene anyway, I'm sure. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, Loveliner. First of all, what did everyone think? This podcast needs to be rated 18 for <laughs> adult content. Lex with four X's. Yes. <laughs> I, I didn't like it. I thought it was very mediocre. Especially following the the really great episode before it. Uh, it reminds me of the parts that remind me of the scenes in Infinity, where some careful drivers. Yeah. Down yeah. in Midas. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> There's your first Red Dwarf reference for the day, ladies and gentlemen. Many more to come. <laughs> I'm sure that is. For me, it it, it, it motored along well as an episode. It kind of got a bit flat towards the end, but yeah, and I was enjoying it most mostly. Yeah, same here. Okay. Definitely, this is not one to show the children. No. <laughs> no. Um, well, the show opened with a with a scene of Zev's gyrating hips. Um, she was dancing horizontally while dreaming. And breathing heavily. You will, you will like the new Zev. You yes. will like the new Zev. <laughs> yes. Audience members just tuned in. You will like her, and this is why. Yes. <laughs> Not so subtle. Mm. She was twisting and turning and doing a lot of yearning. Yeah. To the sounds of well, basically. <laughs> More poetry from our friend 790, who's back on form again. And I've no idea what he would have gone on to say had he not been cut off by a sudden transmission. <laughs> <laughs> no! I don't know what you mean. Thanks for the quote to the end of the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I have, I have the, the same quote in front of me. Oh, you're not having it, it's mine. <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> yes, um, yeah, we don't know what um, Zev is dreaming about, but God, I wish it was me. <laughs> Stanley thinks it's him, but all of a sudden we get... Well, 
late night adult TV, the couple of minutes you used to get on adult TV before they sent and scrambled the kids, the yes. signal. Intergalactic babe station. Yeah. <laughs> Wasp babe station. <laughs> it's what it sounds like. It's the pictures of women on TV with little or no clothing. Apparently, apparently it's a cocktail. Is it? Yes, apparently so. Emphasis on the word cock. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh, So, uh, so, uh, as you you said, he would. uh, They're rudely interrupted by a broadcast from a nearby satellite station called Leveliner. And the lovely advertising message in broadcast views of attractive, scantily clad women and muscle clad geezers provides the most cheesy dialogue I've ever heard. <laughs> we can provide you any fantasy you ever have of any description, whatever. Right. So we started off with her moaning and now we've got basically a sex ad. Really? We're going down this road? I know we set this up as being the anti-Star Trek, but this is... Yes. It's a space brothel at the end of the day. It is pretty much. Yes. There, there was a Star Trek reference that comes up a bit later. I don't know if any of you noticed it. Was it a jumper? Was it a what? Was it clothing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, even Starfleet officers have their dark sides. <laughs> That's what they're trying to say. <laughs> yes. Um, the, so the broadcast wakes Stanley and Zev, who hurriedly put some clothes on and go to the bridge to find out where the broadcast originates. Is they also being broadcast towards... Um... What's his name? Mandred? No. Uh, the guy in the fridge. What's his name now? Uh, Kai. Kai, yeah. It's also yeah. been broadcasted. Kai, Kai, isn't it? Yeah. I thought I was the guy in the fridge. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all go there. That's what, that's what, that's what, that's what woke you up, wasn't it? <laughs> Well, I didn't seem to see the point of that, to be honest with you. He's frozen in there. He's not going to actually see that. Right? And even if he did, we've already discovered he has no yearnings in that direction anyway, so... Mm. Yeah, but as you say, they go up and say, Oh, where is it? <laughs> oh, it's over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go there then. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Stanley asks, asks if the Lex has managed to get the coordinates, and they set a course to the left liner with Zerge for support. And when they arrive, the left liner satellite is looking very, very dire, shall I say? Yeah, it's a little bit more dilapidated than the advert would. Uh... Suggest, yes. Suggest. And 
they call it up and they get the receptionist. It's called Shep- <laughs> uh, Shemi. Uh, who again? Uh, Shemi. Shemi. Who again is a little bit less enthusiastic than the voiceover on the advert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he wants he wants money. And basically, in no uncertain terms, Toes tells him to start off. It's exactly like 99% of British customer service. <laughs> no money, no service, no... And, and, and 99% of UK politicians. <laughs> I think you can get away with saying that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I can, quite easily. Oh, uh, you... It is like oh, you've got no credit, you've got nothing. Mm. But I love the way I love the way they get around this problem very quickly. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Goes, I wasn't sure if you were going to love this a little bit or whether you were going to hate this bit because, of course, it's the same um, thing that they used just a few just a few episodes ago. It is, but they they draw attention to that fact, so they're yeah. aware of it. Yeah. And uh, if you've got if you've got a running theme, then it's just it's just just a running theme, isn't it? Yeah. If you're flying around the universe in a great big planet killer, you're going to kill a lot of planets. And it's yeah. clever how she goes. You were asleep at the time. You were freezing at the time. This is what we did. Yeah. I thought that's clever continuity. Yeah, and it was because he was link her character back to Lex to, to, to Zev to show you that she's got her memories yeah mm. so it's not a fully new Zev it's a she has the old Zev memories mm. so uh, just not quite her delivery skills as an actress ooh do you want to go a bit further on to, do you want to expand on that point uh, you know, I'll, I'll take it scene by scene, but okay. Based on that scene, I didn't didn't didn't, didn't think she really sold it, and um, yeah, it, the, the other thing is her clearly enhanced collagen lips, which doesn't make for the best delivery of words either. So basically, Moon goes boom again. Yes. <laughs> And, Shem- and Shemi suddenly changed his mind. Hey, it's the comic bomb celebration. Yes. You've uh, you've missed a controversial bit here that I want to ask a question about. Uh, uh, go for it. Um, seven ninety has an off switch. And it, if so, why has no one used this before? <laughs> Well, I think it's not an off switch. He just obeys Zeb's commands. So if she tells him to shut down, he, he can't resist her. Well, I thought that, Kinsey. That's exactly what I wrote down in my notes. But later on in the episode, someone, someone yeah, else later on on. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's an int- But then again, from the way that that... Well, when we get to that point when that character... Interacts with 790, it, it makes you wonder how much information he's got on this model and make. <laughs> no, where it, you know, just where it, Are you saying, to, are you saying he knows how to push his button? <laughs> <laughs> no, he just knows how to reformat his hard drive. <laughs> okay. Emphasis on the word hard. 
Yes. Okay. Moving on, shall we, people? But you, yeah, you, you were at, you were at Comic Bob. I like that. It's very Blackadder to have a comic. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Hello, Comic Bob. I was thinking of the almighty, ineffable Bob. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with having a Bob. No. As long as it hasn't got a winky. Yes. That's a Blackadder reference. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um... Uh, where, was, where will we? They're just going to board the oh, yeah, line. Uh, of course. Uh, so, Stanley Zevan 790, uh, just the three of them, not, not Kai, because he's still in the fridge, uh, they enter what can best be described as the central. The Red Rhino uh, looking, is rather daily looking, quite miserable. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to be blunt with this thing. Uh, the sexual protagonists, the professionals to employ to employ to to play the product, look like they will be more at home at a farm. <laughs> it's a meat market. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the kind of funny thing, isn't it, when you're running through the list of what you could have as your fantasies, and there's a line now. I don't know if that's anybody else's quote. We guess, well, that would suit you, Tweedle. Mm. <laughs> um, one, uh, one particularly old um, fat person asks Zev if fancy to dip in the water. Zev politely declines. <laughs> And uh, the Shemi, the Caesar receptionist, and, man and he's also the manager of the Love Liner, we find. Yeah. Providing 797 Stanley with keys to their own rooms of passion and pleasure. Well, it's not before he's killed somebody because the, his credits ran out. And beyond all the, uh, the, the phallic symbols in, uh, in Lex this, thus far, um, we get keys that are actually completely phallic. Yeah, I've got that. <laughs> I'm yeah. Even, even keyholes. Lock well. sequence. Oh my god! <laughs> Good so image for you. <laughs> yeah, in London, in London we have cockneys, but they have cockies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, um. See the th the thing about a lot of the other scenes that we've criticised as being the Channel Five money in Lex thus far. Yes. Um, you know, it, they're slightly shocking in that they're out of place with episodes that don't uh, have central plots that are sex related. And what's what's great about this episode? I mean, there was a little bit of it in the, the second movie when it was about them choosing their love fantasies. But they they kept it very Valentine and very kind of light in that episode, really, um, until they went to the horror route, you know. Whereas th this whole episode is is sort of very very on the nose and very uh, satirical of, of the sex industry, basically. Yes. 
And um, the fact the fact that it doesn't just put one nudity scene on screen just purely to drag viewers in, and actually sort of you know actually explores the theme all the way through the episode, at least until the end. Anyway, when he ever came back on a lecture ship, it's uh, it's it's quite refreshing, really. I mean, it's mm. not it's not it's, it's not expected in sci-fi. Certainly not in the era when this aired on television either. So it may have been massively controversial or not at the time. I don't really know, but. Um, I like the fact they're not they're not just dipping their toe in the water, you know. They're actually, you know, doing a whole theme about it. <sighs> anyway, they get the keys to their rooms, you go to the left, you go to the right and uh Well and you go down the middle. It's just like okay, right. We get to see the, the the rooms of pleasure, I guess we could call them. Wait, so I, wanted to yeah. a, I wanted to ask you guys about the keys. I saw Stanley's key and what it was shaped like. Um, could anyone see what Zev's key was shaped like? Um, as far as I saw, they were all the same. Oh, okay. I, I thought because she was a woman, she might get a different shape. I, I, I may have not looked closely enough at it, but... Um, Plus, we get a lot more interaction with uh, Stan's key than we do any other key, especially the yeah. whole lock, the lock sequence. Yeah, I think that's a kind of a bit of a joke that Stan doesn't quite know what he's doing there. <laughs> <laughs> that was just like, oh, God, <laughs> symbolism. <laughs> yeah, so basically we get to look the rooms of love, and basically Stan's room of love is terrible. Uh, that's an understatement. A horrible mattress. <laughs> that is that is a, uh, is an understatement. Mm. I, should... I, I got the I got the impression watching this that the the writers had really done their research and visited a lot of uh, strip joints and brothels. Yes, and of course it's tax deductible if you put it back to the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I should I should point out I'm current, I'm currently on the UK BB, BBFC website. Yeah, that's the, Yeah, that's no, that's the British Board of Film Classification for all the American listeners out there. And this was the first episode to be rated an 18. More blacks. Yeah. Before. Well, I can see. Yeah, beforehand it was it was twelves and fifteens, but this this would this is actually rated an eighteen. So if this was on the if this was on the videotapes, they would like yeah. the old Red Dwarf videotapes. That means this videotape would have been rated eighteen. Yeah, correct. <laughs> You wonder what I mean. That's, for those who don't know, the Red Wolf used to have three episodes on there. They used to have the highest rating of the episode on the videotapes, and for a long period of time, people thought Polymorph was the reason why one of the tapes got 15. It wasn't. Hmm. <sighs> anyway, uh, anyway. Sorry, sorry yeah. for that interruption. Sorry. So basically, he gets into his room and it's terrible. Then they get a selection machine. Yeah. yeah Zev drops off um, 790 in his room, mm. which 
just looks like a big pillow in the middle of the store. He doesn't store. want to leave, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't want to leave her. No. Hmm. And then she goes up to her room and it's like, uh, well, it's crazy, what's your boudoir of SMN pleasures? Yes. I don't know what was on that wall, but Fifty Shades of Grey had seem to have nothing on this. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we talk about each individual's um, selections? Yeah, my biggest laugh probably of the entire series thus far was when the toaster popped up. <laughs> oh, you mean for seven ninety? <laughs> yes. I've never what? felt more more at home in a kind of red dwarf joke area than when seven ninety's got a choice of whether or not he wants to get 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 it on with a toast. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't want any buns, baps, bagels, no crumpets. No <laughs> he wasn't a waffles man. <laughs> oh, I, I, I should tell you, you'll be really impressed with this. I, I met the actor who played the toaster on Red Dwarf at a con. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. John, John, yeah. John Lennon. Uh, I don't remember his name, but I, oh. I know he wrote some books and I bought um, yeah, his fantasy him, books. Yeah. He's, he's okay, a magician, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that, maybe. Yeah, he is. Great. Great, great guy. I've seen him at the Dimension Jumps conventions before, yeah. Uh, and Zev's a selection? Well, he wants something. Yeah. Pretty close to what she wants. You know, yeah. She's concerning, but... Uh... The, the funny thing is, later on we get to see other selections, and basically some of the other selections was Seven Nighties Head and Stan, and it's like, really? Okay. <laughs> and all all seven nineties shouted is Zev Zev Zev. I can I can imagine that a space station that seems to be quite low on options in terms of who it's selling to people might make money by selling people in different rooms to each other. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think they might be. Um, it might be a parody of matchmaking services. I remember years ago, I I, um, I signed up for. I think it was called Matchmaker International or something. And after a while, it became pretty clear they only had like about six customers. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to ask about um, when it showed 790's head rotating. Maybe I'm just not used to seeing it from those angles, but did it look a little bit different? Sort of like it was an idealized robot head? Kind of like with yeah, more grooves? I, did, and, I yeah. did think it looked a little bit strange, yeah. Yeah, it seems to be taking them more... Well, it's might taking a more fantasy image, isn't it, as we find out. Because even Zeb's, Zeb's decision doesn't exactly match what we get to see. And so Stanley's left with, well, basically big, large women. Yes. <laughs> so he complains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But meanwhile, before he gets to complain, we get a scene of... Sammy is in frantic contact with a local evil, even. Yes. A mad geezer named Elk. And they discuss the opportunity of stealing the Lex. However, as she says, uh, Sammy has to quickly turn his attention to a complaint from Stanley. uh, And he suggests that Stan dim the lights a little. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 
trying to play cool at the end of the day, I'm the customer, the customer's always right, and I can blow you out of the sky. Yes. Oh, look, there's one just come up now. <laughs> and uh, a lady, um, yes, she enters the room, and Stern is still not impressed. Why did I get the feeling that I... I half expected something to pop out of the middle during this whole sequence. There was just something about it. I just felt that, you know, they were going to go down that road and that, that she's not all woman. If you know what I mean. Well, she was exterminated before that happened, so we don't really know. Yeah, exactly. But, that's you know, that's, that's your imagination. <laughs> Yeah, but that's what I felt was going to be is going to happen. Is you know it would be just typical Stan's look. You know, here's a woman that looks quite nice, but it's not all woman. Maybe that might have pushed it beyond the 18th certificate. Yeah. So, so where are we now, then? Well, you've got Zev, who gets someone that she does want. Yeah. But the more, this person, the more this person finds out about Zev, the more he's amazed to find anyone like Zev yeah. visiting visit, yeah. visiting a love liner. Mm. Yeah. And Prompty falls in love with her after about two seconds, as you do. Yeah. But I think that might be because, as we know, she's a... a well, it hasn't happened to her since she was in the hospital. Two episodes. Yeah, so, so <laughs> maybe there's this like pheromone she gives off that certain people are attracted to. So Pedro and I love to her. Or it's just shallow writing. It could be that. <laughs> it could be that. Time will tell on that one. We'll keep knowing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, uh, and um, Zev becomes very, very stressed, frustrated as she tries to encourage him to get his clothes off to make with the grunty, the groany and the twitching noises. <laughs> but this wimp is having none of it. Yep. And she also makes the mistake of telling him that she is a virgin. No, but no, no most blokes would be impressed with Zav's eagerness and <clears throat> inexperience. Mm-hmm. But now he wants to take it slow. Yes. Seven ninety is, on the other hand, is um, um, well. Shemi turns up again, <laughs> and um, can, can somebody else take this, please? I will. I will save you by saying Rocky Horror, Shane. Just bring Rocky Horror in at this point, and then it'll be able to go on and describe exactly what he looks like in his splash cod piece. Because yes. uh, <laughs> uh, we know from our previous chats on this show that uh, that Rocky Horror is an influence, and uh, yes. this is the closest they get to doing the actual film. And <laughs> uh, I will just describe what he's wearing. <laughs> uh, he has a, he has the trousers, a top of vest made of little lace and lace fabric, uh-huh. um, a large flashing groin attachment, 
those trendy spectacles, and what about that mouth? What about that mouthpiece? <laughs> oh <laughs> man, flashing <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, this is the other sad fact: is that image, the image of this guy licking seven ninety. Yeah, what's the other two images? Of that trailer, I remember from MSP3K. Mm. <laughs> so, of course, I'm going to get away. Microsoft is, is developing these kinds of technologies, you know. <laughs> Lex was ahead of its time, wasn't it? <laughs> what, you mean a groin attachment? I believe uh, in one of the Red Dwarf DVDs, Craig Charles does a routine in his stand-up about dildonics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's going on about how he's had pretty much every pleasure there is known to man or beast. There's one pleasure he hasn't had, which is <laughs> robot sex. Yes. Amp- amputated head robots. <laughs> yes. Through through watching a lot of this episode up to this point, I, I was I was feeling very like when when Red Dwarf does uh, riffs on 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 uh, you know sexual content, but um, by this point I, I was thinking it was the League of Gentlemen in space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, we'll skip on what happens next with, um, um, <laughs> with Shemi and 790, but yeah, we'll skip that a little bit. <laughs> it's I too graphic for you quite understand what did happen. Yeah, it's not, not really why, but that's why I'm trying to skip it. Um, um, but, uh, in the next room, Stanley is just about to get on with the, uh, with the woman when the mad uh, I've, got, I've got a really easy way of describing what happened Shane go ahead please it's a head giving head <laughs> thank god there's not a video podcast <laughs> we did warn you ladies and gentlemen we did warn you <laughs> we're only commenting on what was shown <laughs> didn't write the show. (laughs) (laughs) What was the sequel to Rocky Rocky Horror? Shock Treatment. There you go. (laughs) Um, He gets the shock treatment. Uh, In the next room, Stanley is about to get on uh, with that woman when the mad evil elk, who we mentioned before, enters the room and shoots her. And then he and Stanley enter 790's room. Just in time to see Shemi gyrating frantically with the robot head. Attached to the flesh and groin and attachment. <laughs> Which makes his eyes spin. Yes. Um, what did this do? Isn't this the point where he switches the head off again? Uh, in a, in uh, in a little bit, yeah. Just bringing that, yeah. Um, 
yeah, the mind boggles. I mean, uh, can somebody please tell me what the point of this was? <laughs> uh, God knows. I think it's just to get them on a weak point, isn't it, really? You know, you're most vulnerable when you are not aware of your surroundings. You think of uh, Linda Blair in Psycho, for example. Yeah. Sure, yeah. So, you know, you've been taken completely off guard because you're aroused, and so we can come in and uh, basically try to take the legs off you. Yeah. Um, so Shemi gasps and unhooks 790 and they all go into Zev's room and it's at this point where 790 gets turned off mm-hmm. um, and uh, Alec uh, shoots the um, Zev's date and they all head off to the Lax yep was Zev and Stanley are tied to the console on the bridge uh, and Shemi contacts the owner of the love liner and heads in the resignation by blowing up the love liner they are not impressed yeah, and after quickly threatening um, Zev's life and Stanley regrettably you know says oh I've got to you know basically I've got to do this to save your life yep and then the big bald-headed dude decides to get a bit rapey. Yeah, but bef- uh, before that, they put the they drag the Kai's cryo chamber onto the onto the bridge. Yeah, yeah. because does of, anyone know if if Michael McMahon has got paid for this episode or because <laughs> he's not in it until about now, is it? Yeah, probably. So, is that a production thing like when they make Doctor Who light episodes or you think it was just the way they structured it? Well, I have I have no information on what if it, what he was no. doing, so... They had already been suspicious of this uh, bounty, well, not bounty hunter, this uh, assassin. Because they said, oh, what did he say? He was dead. Yeah. They all, they already know the history of Kai and the Divine Shadow. Yeah, which was again kind of cool that they brought this continuity back in again. It's like, ah. Well, you would think the Lex would be famous. Yeah. So when you know, you, you always like kind of surprised when somebody hasn't heard of the Lex. But when you, you know, there were pockets of recognition as well as there are pockets of, of, of not knowing what was going on in the world. You know? Yeah. So they said, well, we've got to get rid of him. Uh, so they decide to actually, um, well, I, well, I said they decide to actually, but actually they, uh, so Shemi gets a moth and uh, goes off and deposits Kai's cryopod into the nearest sun. And if he had crashed into the sun, he would have created nuclear man. Is a reference nobody's getting? Yeah, sorry. No, I didn't get that, sorry. <laughs> Superman 4, Quest for Peace. 
basically okay. launches a load of nuclear missiles with Superman's hair into the sun. Oh, sorry, my, my brain went to a toxic Avenger place myself. <laughs> yeah, so basically he's getting warmer and warmer and warmer, and then the last night he jettisons the pod into the sun. Yeah, but I wanted to talk, before that happens, I wanted to talk about the rape scene. Oh my god. And not only the only one rape scene, it's a double rape scene. Yeah. At this point, I have to be honest with you, at this point I had to stop the episode and do something else for five minutes before I come back to it. It is, it is on the nose. It's yeah. so on the nose. It's um, a bit too. It's a bit. Yeah, it's, it's very um, distressing. I suppose that's about the only way I can th- they can think of it. And again, it's these images of this this character being thrown to the ground that were in this trailer that I saw from between the episodes of MST3K. So it literally must have been around about this time period. Oh, okay. Except it was doing it, it must have been. It was like, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. Um, yeah, it's. Uh. He also. Uh, so there's a. So. However, Zev is able to fight him off a little bit because the custard is inside her. However, that only lasts, that doesn't last very, very long. Yeah. Because he goes, uh, I love that growl. You shouldn't. Looks like a cool. The stern orders the Rex to bank hard death, which enables Zev to live a little longer. He then orders the Rex to relieve Kai's body. As Did we miss the bit when they blow the love liner? Yeah, no, no, no. We've mentioned that already. Oh, right, sorry. No, no, no problem, no problem at all. Uh, and as the Rex near, nears Kai's chamber, he awakens and uses his gadget, um, wrist gadget, to climb back on board the Rex. Uh, the uh, elk is dispersed soon after. But Sh- Shemi tries it on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. I, th- I thought the episode was well paced up until this sort of point on the ship, but the, the battles were going on a bit too long, I thought, considering they didn't have much to do with it. What did everyone else think of that? It seemed to be okay paced. It was it needed to wrap up rather quickly, and it was quite good the way they wrapped it up. My only concern is that he fell down the pit well. And the last person we saw fall down that pit well, <laughs> they came back. Yeah. So is Mr. Rapey going to come back or not? You can't tell us, obviously. 
right, I can't. Shemmy <laughs> uh, <laughs> promptly returned to the Xbox. Cove returns to the cryo well, chamber. Just just before that, he tries to play the born again card, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, oh, I was repressed. It wasn't me. I've never been a bad guy, and you know, all that kind of slush. So he gets injected out on the disc. So that, they probably don't kill him for that reason, but uh, yeah. Well, that's that's, they, actually, that's actually they my find quote. a way to send him somewhere that perhaps he won't be well liked. Yeah, that's actually my quote for the episode. Oh right, sorry. No, no problem, no problem at all. I, uh, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get it very on the money though, so you could be a better version. Than <laughs> uh, Kai returns to the cryo chamber, and Lex continues on his journey. Yeah, and after we find out uh, what Sev wants in a man, which is probably yes. somebody else's quote. Yes. We and get the kind of uh, rekindling of her, of her like for Kai, probably. Mm, yeah. yeah. In her new form. Uh, yeah, and um, everyone on board the Lex is still unfulfilled. With the possible exception of Seven Ninety, you will never be able to look into a flesh and blue light <laughs> in the face ever again. <laughs> Like he doesn't get any space cops after him. Yes. <laughs> uh, he's now suffering with photosensitive epilepsy. And this is at the, this is at the end of the episode. We got there. <laughs> yeah, we did. We finally came to a conclusion. <laughs> Emphasis on the word came. And that's what I thought of that. <laughs> We've still got to crawl through quotes and stuff, though. Yes, we, <laughs> we have, but we'll take a uh, I'll take a break. We'll take a break. We all need a break. We all need a break after this. After the love liner. Yes, <laughs> we do. Thank uh, yes. God it was destroyed. Yes. Uh, so we'll be right back after we uh, take a hot shower. <laughs> so while we're doing that, you can listen to this advert. My name is Karen Lindsay. I got sucked into Farscape. Lou bugged me till I watched. Now I'm obsessed. We podcast together. To guide new viewers. So they also get hooked. Maybe as much as me. One episode per podcast. I would love the company. Both good and bad. Jeremiah Curry. Lou thinks this will stop me. I can't stop rewatching them. But he's mistaken. He should know me by now. This will be awesome. Talking about characters and stories. These recordings are made for you. To enjoy the wondrous things we've heard. Cross my heart, smack me dead, stick a lobster on my head. On the ground now! Farewell, my friends. And thank you for teaching me to kill again. Slicker and snot. My microbes had to have translated that one wrong. Oh, this is insane, Craig. Four years on and you're finally getting it. Escape Cast, your guide to the wonders of Farscape. Listen to the Scaper Chronicles at scapecast.org. And welcome back. First up is quotes. And Gareth, do you want to go first? Yeah, I got my good thing. Oh, where is it? Here we go. Scroll, 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 scroll. <laughs> On a branch, there is a fruit, plump and ripe for sucking. 
in a, her bed, there's a body. Hot and ripe for... Blankety-blank, blankety-blank. <laughs> Interruption! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny thing is, and this could get cut if you want to cut this, my son was actually watching Blankety-blank just recently. It was a Wogan episode. Bless his soul. Yeah. Indeed. Rest in peace, Terry. Indeed. Indeed. Um, who should I get to go next? Kinsey! Uh, okay, I'm going to quote uh, Jonathan when he said, it's a head-giving head. <laughs> We're quoting ourselves. Though. <laughs> yeah. so it's better than any line from that episode. <laughs> we lost uh, Gareth. Ooh, I feel honoured in quoting and so Jonathan your quote piece sir there was uh, a lot of depraved dialogue in this episode the same way there was a lot of depraved themes but um, yeah I, I, I hate to even have to read it out but um, definitely definitely the, uh, the, the the grimmest point in the entire episode has to be uh, the, the owner of the uh, level liner or the, the runner of the level liner saying um about his own particular fetishes. Uh, there's one furry nympho leper that still makes me go all squishy inside. <laughs> that is uh, that is pure uh, League of Gentlemen style uh, humour, I think, in, yes. in the show. Yeah. Very grim. Indeed. And I'm going to go for a normal quote, which is, um, you have no idea what a horrible influence that guy was on me. He owned me. He controlled me. He forced me to commit terrible crimes. But thanks to you, my dear, special and wonderful people, I can I am delivered from that unspeakable fiend. And now I can devote myself to charity work I've always inspired to. <coughs> hey look, Mother Teresa, I'm poor again. <laughs> Indeed. Indeedy. Uh Character arc of a lot of British politicians, though. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> um, so, uh, if you want to leave us feedback, you can email us at lexintrocast at gmail.com. Excellent. Um, now we go to ratings. We certainly do. And uh, I'm going to go for Kinsey first because it didn't seem like he had an enjoyable time watching this I'll give it a three three um, yeah last week's episode I, I would give a nine to this week would be a three okay uh, any reason why um, it just wasn't entertaining nothing interesting or important happened and it was boring okay um, Gareth? Um, I'm going to give it a, a six phallic keys going into slots <laughs> out of ten. Okay. <laughs> Basically, because, as Kenny said, it's a very fair episode, but there was a lot of, 
going on in one way or another to keep you above being an average episode for me. So, yeah. Six phallic keys going into slots. Okay. Um, Jonathan? Well, I would like to give it an eight. But as I sit here scrolling through the options that are available, seven's seven's the only thing I'm allowed to give. (laughs) Can't go any higher because it's not available. Eight's not available. And um, because, yeah... I like I, I like I like the way they explored the theme, and I, and I like Lex more in these forty-five minute episodes, I think, than I than I did in the really long world-building movies that we had to go through to, at the beginning. Um, and I think this episode falls down on a kind of slow ending uh, with action that we've probably seen before, really, with Kai saving the day, and it it doesn't really do a lot to set up the new Zev. Which is kind of what everyone would be like watching and thinking about if they'd just seen the last episode before this. But I wanted to ask you guys, um, Shane and Kinsey, mm-hmm. um, because obviously me and Gareth are going through this new and chronologically, but how did you first come to the series in terms of which Zev did you see first and what kind of a mix did you see? Or was it a long time before you saw the first one or? Uh, that's very that kind of question. Uh, that's a very interesting question for me personally, and I will get to that in a um, in a little while uh, before the end of this podcast. Okay. But okay. Um, can see. Um, yeah, well, as I've said before, I didn't see or even know about the movies when I started watching. Sure. So I barely got to know the old uh, Zev, and uh, to me, the new Zev is is Zev. I don't even consider the other one to be Zev. Sure. Interesting. Very interesting. And I suppose it then it falls to me, doesn't it? It does indeed. Uh I will have to give this uh I'm gonna agree with Kinsey on this one. I'm gonna have to give this I don't think it's quite as bad as what Kinsey says. I'm gonna have to give this four health warnings. <laughs> the reason why I'm going to give it the reason why I'm health warning this is because um, uh, the fact that we've got the uh, spinny lights uh, yeah you know, and it, you know it could cause an apathetic fit yeah so I'm going to have to give it health warnings people with photosensitive epilepsy please do not watch this episode yes Um, so the next episode, and uh, as oh, um, b- before we do that, okay, I remember okay, the beginning. Um, excuse me, my mouth was full. Um, I and um, in the pre-show <laughs> That's before what we said. <laughs> in the pre-show before we were uh, before we started the episode, I think it was Gareth who said that this is a a tentpole episode. It's really important. They they went somewhere they hadn't gone before. And it's a significant episode. Um, and I said, well, I'll, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it so I can understand why you have that opinion. And I'm still baffled. What I meant by tempo episode is, it, it, to me, it signifies a point. You know, this is as rude as we can go. There is no way they can go any ruder than this. Wow. It's like, You're in first. For me, it's, yeah. 
well, there you go, you just spoiled it. <laughs> but for me, it's like, you know, with the episode Polymorph, people go, oh, there's a temple episode. Polymorph is a prime example of a, an episode that has so much going on that it stands out from the rest of it all. That's what I meant. Huh, okay. Yeah, maybe just because I've seen so many episodes of Lex later on this week. You you, you know the baseline. To me, this is like above the baseline. It stands out more. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with Gareth because, like, um, I'm trying to think of the show in terms of what I would have seen on British television by this point when this aired. I don't try and compare it so much in terms of... uh, modern television or things I've seen since, but, um, yeah, there was no, the, the, the only comparable show that would have been sci-fi and done sex jokes on British television would have been Red Dwarf and they wouldn't have gone as far with it as this show went. Hmm. Okay. Uh, next episode. Um, Jonathan, have you seen the title of the next two episodes? Do you want to regale us? Uh, well, you better say just in case I saw something that wasn't that wasn't the next episode. Time. Oh, okay. But I think I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. It is called Laugh Track. That's <laughs> what, that's, that's what I saw. Yeah. That's spelled which, which made me think that we're gonna T R A K. We're gonna fly head on into um a kind of classic style American sitcom. Mm-hmm. Honey, I'm home in space. Ah. But the boss is coming to dinner. Oh, no. Before we get to your predictions, you asked a question, Gareth, about five minutes ago um, where um, we started watching Lex. This, the next episode was the first episode I watched. No, it wasn't me. It was... Um... No, it was Jonathan. Jonathan. Sorry, sorry, Jonathan. Sorry, Jonathan. Yeah. So you actually came in on the episode laugh track. Yeah. This is going to be interesting then. (laughs) So you thought it was a sitcom, if if we're right about the prediction on it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Laugh track. Well, unless there's some sort of nitrous oxide type gas around, it's going to be... Laugh. Oh, L. What was it again? L U. Spell that again. A L L A F F T R A K. How was it? How was it? Cheers used to do it. Um, Lex is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Yeah. <laughs> it that's. It yeah. You. I'm looking at an episode that's going to have some sort of. Peril via um, nitrous oxide gas, which is known as laughing gas. You know, because again, because you're laughing so much, you're in a vulnerable state again. And you seem to go through these episodes where the crew are in a vulnerable state. If that makes sense. And I haven't lost the call. I'm just glad it wasn't called a level liner two. <laughs> Electric <laughs> boom. Good guess for that two weeks in a row. <laughs> At least it wasn't eating pattern. 
<laughs> yes. Cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, so join us uh, next time for a well-deserved discussion on that episode. And we will speak to everybody in a fortnight. We will. Check to everyone later. Bye. 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 I am the most powerful podcast in the two universes.